Welcome back to the show. My guest today is Tomoya Shimura, Orange County Register reporter covering Irvine. It's very opportune to have him on today amidst the last laps of this campaign season. He beamed up on my radar with his recently published article entitled, and I'm quoting title word for word, $1.1 million in PAC money flows into Irvine elections. Prior to a stint at the Register, Tomoya was a news reporter and sports writer for the Daily Press in Victorville. He won several awards for his work there, including the best business story from the California Newspapers Publishers Association. Tomoya completed his master's in science in sports studies from the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, and his BA in liberal arts from the International Christian University in Tokyo. Our conversation today aims to give context into what is washing up in all of our mailboxes and on our screens. Some of it was so scary, it made a fitting decor covering my entire front door, Halloween night. Welcome to the show, Tomoya Shimura. Oh, thank you for having me. Well, I'm glad that you contributed that article because part of the, what we're going to talk about on Real People today is how little coverage local politics gets. And I'm going to beat up the register a tiny bit and say that some of the articles are, I'm maybe mixing up maybe a, your competitor, but um, some of the articles are... Uh, the reporting is taken and they're they're withheld for um, up until a couple of you know six weeks or so before the election it happened in the last cycle and there were contributions that weren't that were not given a chance for additional information rebuttals and that kind of a thing to, for the information to settle in so well what what would be your appraisal what if we lived in a perfect world what would orange county irvine politics look like in media representation in a perfect world, yeah. Uh, let's, talk let's talk perfect for a moment. Uh, how the media, media coverage of Irvine politics would be? We'd like to think that we're covering Irvine politics as much as we can right now, right. but um, unfor unfortunately, our industry is changing, and uh, like any other newspapers, we've taken a hit, and uh, we've lost some staffers and uh, reporters. And um, in the perfect world, we'd like to, since this election, Irvine election is. It's always been a competitive race in Irvine, but uh, this one in particular could decide the uh, future of the city in many ways. So I'd like to see um, election covered in many different ways. But unfortunately, right now, I'm the only one covering uh, Irvine specifically, and uh, I'm doing what I can to uh, let people know what's going on. So um, some some people, I don't know how long, how long have you been with the Register? I've been with the Register for three, a little over three years. Okay, so... The, the damage started getting done in 2012's election, and there was a, a big drop off of voting here on the campus. So that And those margins were really kind of critical in the outcome because there, there's some close races, but they were very close in 2014. So uh, lots of policies, uh, irreversible policies, have been decided and voted on, we're, and we're going to get into those a little bit uh, later. So uh, I and I'm trying to do my thing with uh, Ask a Leader, askaleader.com folks can look up those podcasts and see for the all of october and deep uh, digging into last tuesday november one i've been trying to get as many city council mayoral candidates on so people could have a chance to hear what they sound like how they put themselves out there what emphasis they put on what what they dismiss and what they uh, embrace and that it's very good so i would then um i covered the uh marianne guido melissa fox courtney santos Ian DeLucian, Gong Chen, Farrah Khan, Don Wagner, Christina Shea, and Catherine Daigle. I could not get Anthony Kuo to come. He would not make himself mm -hmm. available. I made many efforts. To, I talked to him face-to-face, -face and he said, for sure. But not, my emails were not... Uh, I have nothing to show for <laughs> there. So I'm afraid we. I did not have the chance to present him to, uh, to, to these waves. So let's start... Uh, do you have first, uh, Tomoya, any particular... Well, I mean, we'll talk lots and lots about political action committees, also known as PACs, but in terms of what cities deliberate about, what they legislate, what policies they set, are there some particular ones of concern for you in how they're being taken up in the, this campaign cycle? Well, number one issue, obviously, facing the city is traffic. Um, most of the residents that I've talked to, Irvine's, I, when, I, when you look at satisfaction surveys, um, Irvine usually ranked pretty high, and most of the people are happy living here. But uh, they're starting to notice some traffic congestion, and, and that's one thing that's on people's mind. And uh, although not many people bring this up, but um, they do like to see uh, the 
they do like to see something built on the Great Park, Orange County Great Park, which some people say it's not so great. So those are the two things that I hear a lot from people. And then obviously housing development. Um, some people are, cons- um, you know, I hear people concerned about uh, p- homes being built around the Great Park and all uh, throughout the city, which uh, some are saying leading to traffic congestion. So those are the things that I hear from uh, from my readers. I've covered the park in many different ways in the past, and that is the big elephant in the middle room. I was not able to include that whole huge topic with what I brought to the the candidates that I interviewed here on Ask a Leader oh, on the other show. So um, it's um, and the the I don't know if in your work were you picking up on though a perception or a a sensibility that institutions like big scaled regional parks with cultural recreational and other aspects to them if they take a while to grow or did people just want it fast because i mean that's i mm-hmm. think one way that the status quo we're, that we're dealing with now that it they we arrived at that point was the idea that was planted is we need this done in a hurry as opposed to looking at all of the models around the U.S., those well-cultivated regional parks, they're not museums, this is a regional park, it's really the whole county and beyond, they take time to mature mm-hmm. and and have the public sort of contribute to aspects and sections that are incorporated into its operation. So your question, uh, your, your, can, you, can you repeat the, the question? The question yeah. is, did you pick up on, you said, and, I, and to me that's a kind of a, a talking point of a certain kind of an agenda. You said people wanted it built. But did you also, did you hear from anyone talking about the park takes a while to develop? It, like do, other great mm-hmm. parks in our country. Balboa, Central Park, Link, uh, the par- Lincoln Park, and I'm trying to think the one quickly in uh, the St. Louis area. It'll come to me later. I've heard that argument, well, not argument, but I've heard that, that statement before, but um, it's, you know, I just recently started covering Irvine, and okay. uh, I haven't followed uh, the Great Park issue. Uh, I've only followed it for probably last six months, so I'm more familiar with what's, what's happening recently, but I, what I know is um, they were trying to, uh, they were in the planning stage for maybe 10, 15, uh, almost 20, uh, 10, 20, 10, 15 years, and it's finally... Now they start to have a, you know, at least a concept of what they want there, and uh, now things are being actually being built there. That's what I know so far. All right, looks like I've got to take you outside. We're going to go go over Great Park 101 through R- Great Park 210 courses because there's 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 a lot. There's been a lot that's been uh, examined and considered and juried in terms of design and planning and that kind of thing and. And about eighty percent of that's been thrown out. So that's mm-hmm. so. And the we can well let's, we can't let's just bring in the the Irvine Amphitheater with that in just a little bit. So then with the traffic, then uh, there is the concern that the development orders need to incorporate mixed uses within each residential setting, so that some trips per household at least are minimized to get. For, you know, to maintain the household. So I don't know if you're picking up on themes with the mix of the master plan, what development orders entitle the developer, and uh, how that addresses how, what's, how the traffic does flow, in fact. So the question is, are, what are you hearing as you're reporting mm-hmm. on this is the understanding of the public, what the public wants, and uh, you said you've heard about traffic, but isn't the discussion bringing in that the city has the levers at its disposal, the levers to pull on to bring about the exactions of any given development order that considers how that, that traffic can be addressed and trips reduced from mixing use and that kind of a thing? So uh, I've heard candidates, uh, well, I've heard uh, candidates saying, you know, uh, most... I think 95% of the candidates, I think except for one that I've heard so far, um, say that they want controlled growth, which means that they take into consider, they do studies on traffic, you know, the impact studies, um, traffic impact studies before they approve the project, approve these projects. 
but um you know that's that's it's such a uh um nobody none of these candidates go into details about how they you know uh how they achieve that and the city's been doing that um in the past approving these projects they've always you know they have to always uh, take into consideration these traffic uh traffic impacts and uh you know and they've kept you know they still ex- approve these projects um so they they've been doing that so i don't know how these new candidates are going to um have a different approach to it and maybe they're going to take a closer look that's that i still you know that's one thing that i still don't hear from candidates well so you know what would be useful tomoya is where what was the first time that you covered a city council session where when was the first one? when was i think it was in about 20 when may i think oh this year yeah this year okay oh man you've got some archives to plow through then i know because i mean it's we saw on display the extent to which the city council leadership 2012 onward has negotiated the terms necessary to make a project better i mean from my i have an urban planning background and i understand from the developer side from the policy setting side the, uh, the public opposition the office holders sides that negotiation improves a project a developer doesn't have at the first draft they don't have it all figured out they have sort of all the the sites put down on the maps exactly how many dwelling units they want and some configuration but the externalities of the project how it impacts beyond that the perimeter of that development usually is not sufficiently addressed and that's where the city council and its planning commission appointments come in handy and discuss negotiate back and forth Mm -hmm. but there seemed to be no evidence of that in 2012 on and uh, it was of great consequence with that massive issuance of those development orders surrounding the great park and the the control grid but we'll open up the control the great park because you did cover that on uh, last week in an Mm -hmm. article in the orange county register so that's uh anyway there's a there's a lot to go back it's not about i I wasn't going to say that much so then uh, you are f- you're following some of them when they're out canvassing, or you're going to like the chamber of commerce forum. Where are you hearing them? Well, uh, where, where I'm the hearing candidates. from candidates. Well, yeah. I do go to uh, I did attend uh, f- uh, three or four candidate forums and uh, always check their websites. And then um, I talk to them in person. Many you know some of them I've already known already you know from covering the city and. Um, I don't go canvassing out with them. Uh, that's you know something that I don't. No, you know. no, I mean, but like sometimes I, I remember National Public Radio was at a a place where we were all launching to go out into the neighborhoods for a, a campaign that is outside of Irvine, but in Orange County, and the so I remember that I can remember I heard that piece on Saturday edition. But so I mean, reporters can start with the launch part and see what's going on. But so how was the representation of the attendance at each of those forums um are there some ones that are mainstays and some that decide that they don't have to go to all of them um who's showing up who's showing up i've seen um for in the mayoral race one person i haven't seen is david shea I, he, he doesn't even have a picture on the web you know I, not in the blogs he doesn't i, I mean, still haven't been able to f- figure out his yes identity yet and uh other than that, I've seen, well, Catherine Daigle, I um, I know that she attended the chamber. She um, did, yeah. But, um, all four attended the chamber one, but I don't know that all four have gone to all of the other But not forums. the ones at, uh, at Chinese uh, Culturals. Uh, Who was there then? Um, Marian Gaida was there, and then Gang Chen, and then Don Wagner was there for one of the uh, Chinese-sponsored candidate forums. Okay. okay. And the council side, there's just too many of them. that. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's 11. Seen, for Three eleven, seats. yes, yes. Are you where are you uh, registered to vote? Uh, Irvine, actually. You are an yes. Irvine resident, so you are wearing a lot of hats. But, but I, we are we are two journalists talking about what's going on mm-hmm. with this campaign. 
Okay, for those of you who've just joined us, I'm Claudia Shambaugh filling in today for Kimberly Martin on Real People of Orange County. My guest is Orange County Register staff writer Tomoya Shimura. We're covering Irvine. He covers Irvine politics, and he's doing it for us here on Real People of Orange County here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, streaming on the World Wide Web at KUCI.org. You can follow us on Twitter at KUCI-FM, Instagram at KUCI-FM, Tumblr, Facebook, blah. We've got we're covered every single way so i have you probed a little bit about the business tax what you know, they would the, do with that yeah that's one thing that i'm not completely familiar with and it doesn't come up in uh many of the conversations that i've had with this uh with city officials i don't know if that's something that i asked every yeah. one of them that so that was that yeah was i one heard of that, my that's little, how i found yeah okay and they did bring it up at the chamber at the chamber you know because it's related to uh the chamber to yeah right right Okay, but do you have a little bit of business background in your reporting? Uh, not so much on business tax, especially local taxes. I'm not, you know, because it really defers, and I don't want to comment on something that I don't know. No, 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 we're not yeah. going to make you do that. I just, I didn't know what's on your, um, on your transcript. <laughs> so, then, uh, I, we are here. We are located on a campus that established the first Earth System Science Department in the country. And when President Obama gave the commencement address two years ago for the class of 2014 in, in the Anaheim Stadium, that was the crux of his talk, was to acknowledge the brain trust, the founders of that, and the, the, and the ongoing research that's happening. And it was a message to students, acknowledging faculty, and speaking over the wall of the stadium to the greater public, because that's what you do when you give a, a, a commencement address if you're president, right? You, your, your message is for the whole world here. That, so he's lauding the kind of climate change research that's going on. So, and I've had citizens climate lobby people on. I, in fact, I, I was asking Mimi Walters, if con our congressperson, if uh, there would be a surrogate. I didn't give them a lot of notice, but I was happy to have them be on the show today because uh, I've wanted to make sure we made it interesting and I know she's been approached by citizens climate lobby people that uh, were concerned about carbon tax and all that kind of thing so we have we have the brain trust on climate change we have a history in Irvine with a chlorofluorocarbon ordinance that was adopted in the late 80s so there's been a forward-thinking leadership we've got the intellectual property laying all around here so uh, I wanted to know if you're hearing any themes about any visionary kind of leadership that can happen on the local level. Since the climate scientists that I've interviewed from all over California, they all say nothing's happening in the, the federal arena. It's going to be local initiatives. Is there any of that that you're picking up on not in your the, coverage? Not in the five months that I've been covering. That's, uh, I've n I haven't heard any of that talking to city officials or attending city council meetings. That's not something that uh, that really came up, I don't think. I mean, as, you know, at least I don't think I've ever seen them voting on anything, any of that. Okay, you can take the, all these things down <laughs> and, and, and interview, put them in the hot seat with that. So, all right, before I get into the thick, 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 thick of the political action committees, we have early voting that started on the 29th and on campus this yesterday. Two days ago, on the first, there was an all-day voting. I, I learned that 561 electronic votes were uh, ballots were cast, and uh, lots of absentee ballots were dropped off. So, do you have any? Uh, that's that's mostly my early voting story. Do you have any early voting stories that you've been covering the the local scene? Early voting? Um, not uh, not. I don't have much information about the uh, at obviously at the local level. I mean. Uh, Orange County for the first Any time. Any stories are good. Yeah, or I mean, Orange County for the first time is now um, have opened um, early vote centers, and right. there's six of them, and that's how future elections are going to look like. Uh, instead of having neighborhood polls, uh, polling, uh, you know, places, uh, they're going to have uh, early vote centers, where which going to be open ten days prior to the actual election day. And uh, they're testing it out at six locations, including at Irvine uh, City Hall. And I think it opened on Sunday. The now 29th, people, right? 
No, 30th. The Irvine opened on the 30th. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's the only place. And then there's a drive-thru, too. Oh, right, right. And drop-off place. And then other places opened on the 29th. I think it was in Mission Viejo. um, Costa Mesa. Costa Mesa. Santa Ana. Anaheim. Anaheim, that's right. And uh, is where the registrar voters uh, main office is. Yes. So and they were they're always open. And I don't have the exact numbers, but I heard from the city that uh, Irvine location was the most successful. I, I think most people showed up is what I heard from the city. Any other any like numbers? Or um, you know, I have s- to look through. OK, okay yeah. well, you can pull it up while I'm not yakking or something. But so what I did learn when I checked in at the closing of the the portable unit here on campus on November 1st was that next year they're going to designate the Barclay Center, the Barclay Theater, as a voting center to service mm. UCI. So that that's a scoop I've got here. Mm. So so folks, it's becoming institutionalized, and it certainly helps people. They can sort out so many things, right? They, I think so. Yeah. Then find out if their paperwork is right, if they don't have the right identification from when they the way in which they registered. So it sounds like a it sounds like a really good system from what I heard, uh, what I've heard and, uh, you know, things that I, you know, things that I read. Um, there are some a lot of upsides to it. And uh, I don't, you know, um, I don't know how many pe- I heard that it's going to help people uh, help more people vote um, before the election. So exactly. Exactly. For those who just tuned in. This is Real People of Orange County, and filling in for Kimberly is moi, it's Claudia Shamba. I uh, usually have a show on, on Tuesday mornings, Ask a Leader. And today we are talking with Orange County Register staff writer Tomoya Shimura. We're talking about Irvine politics, and there is a lot to say about that. So we're going to spend the rest of the time, once we get to PAX, we're not going to leave it. So I want to make sure we get sufficient uh, give uh, sufficient attention to what you're trying to uh, to cover what are you what are we not covering so far well what, what kinds of things you want to reveal reveal well one story that i published recently in the orange county register was the number of asians have increased dramatically from last year and now from our research and you're talking about registered voters not asians as plur- as a numbers of Residents. You're residents. T- I'm talking about residents, residents? the population. But and are they eligible to, to register? Well, I'm not. This is not related to politics like okay. directly. Okay. Well, but you're all right. So, but they, whether or not they're registered, they are still a political entity, so a force. Yeah, and it could impact. Um, I could. Interesting. It point. could impact future elections because, uh, from our from what our research, Irvine is now the largest continental American city in the United uh, Continental, Continental. Uh, American so, city with uh, Asian plurality. So So that so that it, it seemed that, that way and, mm-hmm. and that happened when? That happened um, when this uh, when the latest census uh, report came out. I think it was last month or two months ago. Wow. And we dug uh, dug into it and me and my fellow reporter uh, looked into the numbers and then we found out that uh, only Honolulu has a larger population and um, Asian plurality. So, do you have a sort of a general percentage number? Yes, I think it was forty-eight uh, percent. I think Asian, and I think about forty. F- and and the difference between Asian and whites were, I think, about thirty. So it's a very close. It's well within the margin of 30 error. Thirty people, you mean? Thirty people. Okay. So, wow. Um, but still, it, this is a significant. And uh, we've seen uh, the. Percentage of Chinese residents jumped from 13 to 17, I think 13, to, yeah, 13 to 17, I think that was, and that really helped uh, boost the uh, uh, this year's Asian population in the at least in the census data, and that w- I think could impact future elections uh, with uh, so many Chinese and then they're mainly uh, they're mostly mainland Chinese uh, and wealthy Chinese people moving into Irvine and buying homes, and so you know how they are gonna play part in uh, future elections. I, I don't know. I don't know if they're, you know, how many of them are eligible to vote. Those I don't know yet, but we still see a uh, trend that uh, wealthier Asians are moving into or uh, kept, uh, keep on moving into or, um, into Irvine, and uh, that could shift future results of future elections. I also see that really shaping up the, the real estate market here, heating it up considerably. And so when I would ask candidates about their goal of setting aside units for affordable housing, and I see that they're, with that heat up of the market, it's going, there's going to be a lot of pressure 
just to dispense with that. But we, you know, as you may know, that the every city has a a an obligation for an affordable housing share in the region. So uh, d- you know, that's something to consider too. That's something that, that demographic. It's if the affluent demographic. It's not a race thing. It's an it's an economic matter that's coming from there yes i think there are forces there are wealthy people moving into irvine uh they can afford you know a million dollar homes uh but they're also starting more than that now right dollars like the bottom part of it and uh on the opposite end are young professionals you know people uh students who graduate from uh, uci young professionals uh they're just starting their career but they cannot afford to live here anymore and uh, that's one thing that one of the candidates, uh, Courtney Santos, uh, she attends every city council meeting, and I hear her uh, talking about how Irvine needs more affordable homes. And uh, I don't hear many. Uh, I think Catherine Daigle, when I talked to her, mentioned that as well. So we have to take it, take that into consideration when we talk about developments as well. Um, there are people who um, who say we should stop development. There are too many homes, too many people in Irvine already. But there are also people saying, you know, we need more housing and mixed-use homes. So um, because, you know, there are a lot of people who want to work here and live uh, in Irvine. So we have to think, uh, balance the uh, balance those two arguments. Right. It's always, Irvine has always had, I'm not sure what the mix is now, but it used to have a very uh, an incredible ratio of businesses to residents it was really it was very high in business usually yeah. it's the other way around in most settlement patterns so I don't know if with all the new units that have been developed lately and uh, I, I don't know if that the ratio is shifting more toward units residential units from um, in a higher range a higher proportion to commercial you know that's I need to look at the historical trend to really comment on that that's a, no that's a good uh, actually question I w- I'll try to look into that because yeah, that mix, and then, then that has to do with well, are are residents able then to commute to nearby em- places of employment, or is this are we going to be pushing out the 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 employees to live further beyond, a, like an hour or longer commute into the city where, where they they have to commute from where they can afford to live into the city where the jobs are. Yes, mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's huge. All right, well. <clears throat> I think it's time to say everything we can about political action committees. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I've asked <clears throat> all of the candidates where the largest shit, wh- what sh- is the, the um, where is their support, financial support coming from each of their campaigns? And you have written an article that I mentioned earlier is entitled, it's in the Orange County Register, 1.1 million in PAC flow money, I'm sorry, 1.1 million in PAC money flows into Irvine elections. There's an article you wrote and there's a lot more you can tell us. So let's talk about that there are PACs that are coming in at the, topping off at the $470 amount that we can see in the city clerks filings and we have different deadlines and then we have PACs that are coming in with the 501c3s that are not required to disclose anything so you let us talk about first the the local PACs that are filing for filing with the city clerk their contributions for individual candidates and how that's dispersing over the the range of the, especially the mayoral race okay um, so you, uh, what you've found out is the case with the amount of money available. And if you're, I don't know if you're tracing it, where it tends to come if, with each candidate, if, is it money coming from within the city and the proportion of their contributions that are coming from beyond the city? That's so always been interesting to me. So I looked at uh, these campaign finance forms, and then um, I think what people need to... Uh, uh, know is that there are two different ways to contribute to elections. One is you contribute directly to candidates. 
you, you in Irvine the limit per donor is four hundred and seventy dollars. So I can give you four hundred and seventy dollars um, to your campaign. And then you leave. You file. I file it with the clerk in my paperwork. That's correct. I don't know what the number of that form is. So it would take a lot of uh, a huge number of people to uh, to fund uh, to raise a lot of money. Obviously that way. And just for listeners, I learned from a campaign that it costs about three. $35,000 to send one mailer out, one regular size one. I I brought in my whole stash of mailers here so I could show them off <laughs> but on Radio Not. And so the, I'm sure the oversized ones cost a heck of a lot more money than 35000 So anyway, so that we can multiply $470 times N to get us to one simple mailer. But candidates are sending out multiple mailers, of course. And, well... And uh, most of the mailers that Irvine residents, well, some of them, at least some of the mailers that Irvine residents get, uh, people have to realize that they don't come from candidates themselves. They come from what you call super PACs. They are the PACs, they're political action committees that operate independently from candidates. And they uh, they run a, camp- a political campaign supporting or opposing a candidate uh, parallel to what they're to what those candidates are doing. So these PACs are not supposed to communicate with these candidates, but they can. What they can do is they can raise as much money as you want. Any, um, for example, I can give a PAC million, uh, five hundred thousand dollars, and and the PAC can you know use that five hundred thousand dollars whatever they uh, whatever. They, we never see your name. Actually, they do. Um, these super PACs would have California. I talked to expert about this, and uh, they told me that there's not much. I think you're talking about dark money, right. where I we, think it's 401c4. 501c4. And those are not as prevalent in uh, what I heard, in at least in, at city elections. And then because that's how I trace the money back to some of the donors, because they have to they still have to file 460s. And I can see uh, donors, uh, their donors name. And I. Well, then who the heck's the California Homeowners Association? They've they've. They've been prodigious in the flyers that they've sent out over the years. Who the heck are they? So I traced... Who are they? This is so exciting. It's not just one person or one entity. Oh, or I one. know it's not, but who But So what who happens is California Homeowners Association is just a committee that was... Um, they have... Uh, the treasurer lives in, I think, Sacramento. Um, oh, has an office in Sacramento. And well, they get money. That's just administrator. I want to know who's writing those checks. So they get money from... Some of the money from uh, donors directly. I have to. Um, yeah, I'll let you look at that. Well, so there are some. Uh, there are some. Uh, there are developers that are do- uh, donating directly to California Homeowner Association. I don't want to name them because I don't know. I need to look at my chart to be. Really, uh, well, you could say there are local developers. With, um, with there are some local developers inside the city but, limits. But California Homeowner Associations actually have. Um, run campaigns in multiple cities. Oh, I understand that, but I I want to find out about our city cuz they are they are loaded. There are so what makes it difficult to trace where the money come coming from is because California Homeowners Association receives money from other PACs. So some um, PACs called uh Greater Irvine so Education that's the gray Nine, money then. Moving Orange County forward um right. Uh, there are multiple packs that donate money to them, and then there's also um, maybe I should take a look at the uh, my chart just to make because I'm naming these okay, uh, packs. Okay, let me see if I can f- pull mine up there. That there's the Atlas, there's the Atlas pack, and and the and Don Wagner told me that yeah he he and I I pressed him on that and I I laid out a, a several of them, and so they are he says well and he mentioned that he does actually know people that are part of that pack. So, because I, the question I asked each of the candidates, was uh, the ones that are la- that are hard leaning on and relying on the PAC money. I wanted to I wanted their position on record of whether they think that it that the citizen the constituents are reasonably entitled to know who are supporting the candidates, who's cutting those checks. And so, you know, you, uh, well, yes. Did you find what your your matrix there? Sorry, I'm still loading okay, on still my. Okay, loading that up. Okay, so that's where the analog, my paper, really gets me there. So there's the, as I said, there's the homeowners association to move Orange County, Hor- forward. There's the Atlas Pack, 
and then I and then I noticed I think those are right. Yeah, there I'm going to look at the other ones here. My 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 analog. <laughs> listing for my interview notes but uh, earlier this week. So there are these multiple packs and individuals and um, just uh, tons of donors do pooling money. So California Homeowner Association pulls money from all those uh, groups and people and then they use that money and they spread that money out to different uh, elections in different cities. So just because, let's say for example um this one uh, developer A gives money to California Homeowner Association, let's say, and the money goes to one. Uh, some of the money goes to, let's say, Irvine uh, City Election. Then we can't different. We cannot definitely say that oh, developer A is trying to influence Irvine election because um, this pack is donating money to multiple city elections. So who knows where the, that money went? Well, you're taking all on faith that there is absolutely no disclosure. I mean, do you really believe that they have no idea that the of check, course. <laughs> I mean that I let us not be we want for our listeners to understand it's a naive concept that there is no indicator from the partners inside of Irvine that the check going up to the Sacramento the treasure for the California Homeowners Association is that's not coming right back down here to, into their coffers. We have to be really skeptical about the barriers between those two entities. Must be extremely skeptical. And just to continue, uh, just to uh, uh, expand on that discussion. So, what happens is California Homeowners Association gets money from Pack, let's say Pack B. And then that Pack B gets money from Pack C, and right. Pack C gets money from, let's say, one of the developers in Irvine. Right. Then it becomes more it becomes more difficult to trace because you have to look at the financial reports of um, Pack B and Pack C to get to that, and then to get the whole picture. I try to uh, draw everything on mat on my uh, on a piece of paper, and it was just arrows on a paper, and and I couldn't do it because there's too many packs. I mean. There were at least twenty packs just on, on, just looking at all the uh, packs that have uh, something to do with, with Irvine our candidates. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to list all of them because I didn't get a chance. There's taxpayers for ethical government. Are they on your matrix? Uh, what is it again? Taxpayers for yes. ethical government. I've got flyers coming from them. The Orange County Freedom Fund. I, yes. I just love that. I can almost hear the the music in the background. Yes. And we'd mentioned already the uh, moving Orange County forward. Yes. And then. The smaller ones, and there may be the packs that are putting money into the other larges. There's the California Real Estate Pack, the Orange County Business Council's Biz Pack, the Mortgage Bankers Pack, the California Apartment Association Pack, Caterpillar California Dealers Pack, the OC Tax Pack, and there's numerous car dealerships that have a pack of different. Then the uh, OC Auto Dealership Pack, and then on and on and on. But you said tw 20. So the other issue is... Do you have any idea of the calendar for when filings for those contributions must be disclosed? So uh, the uh, last deadline for in, uh, for filing in, uh, for filing financial reports for these uh, PACs and candidates were, um, I think it was October 27th. That's where I got the latest figures. And then you have to wait until that deadline to get information about where those PACs are getting money. So these PACs file something called independent expenditure reports as soon as they spend their money. But then you don't know where these PACs are getting money until that deadline. So it makes it a little difficult for uh, reporters who are on deadline to, you know, trying to find out, you know, a lot of information before election. It's, you know, October 27th is, you know, some of the people have already, you know, um, sent their mailing ballots. So... <laughs> All right, so you are a sophisticated researcher, and the burden on you is pretty steep to clarify relationships. So I think it's is it not extraordinary the, the burden that this puts on individual voters to, to make connections with agendas, support, and, and potential outcomes? I would say it's impossible if you have a day job and if you're not spending enti your entire day looking through campaign finance reports, it's almost impossible to find out who, who are trying to influence this, you know, these Irvine elections. And, uh, you know, it is, um, 
that's where I come in, I think, and trying to, you know, there's so much I can do with my time before the election. But Stay on it, man. And, uh, I, you know, hopefully a lot of people, you know, I'm not saying that independent, uh, you know, first of all, it's legal uh, what, you know, what, you know, these PACs are doing. It's protected by the uh, uh, U.S. Supreme Court rulings uh, since 1980, um, since the 1980s. It's, the Supreme Court has said independent expenditures are protected under freedom of speech. And um, so that's, you know, and it's, you know, what they're doing is legal. And I'm not saying that, uh, you know, these entities shouldn't do it. You know, that's not, you know, my decision. And, but what but I want... That's the disclosure part. Though. That's the disclosure yeah. And dis- and they are disclosing. I, I th- but I mean they're going through multiple steps, and I don't know if that's honest or dishonest. You know, I would leave that to you know my readers and but, those listeners and listeners. Yes, and my job is to just lay it out there what's going on, and then I you know and let readers and listeners decide uh, what they think about that. So uh, you're you're still doing more research on that, and you're going to file a another article. We, we're not going to scoop everything that you're going to put in the Orange County Register article, but is there some uh, additional s- sort of things? We could just a little tiny scoop for for real people of Orange County. Uh, we're trying to. Uh, um, I'm working on a story with a fellow reporter about what's happening uh, uh, countywide. This is not just in Irvine. Um, uh, what I just mentioned um, in Irvine, 1.1 million dollars. Um, so far have been spent in independent expenditures outside spending and um, and there's another city where actually more money is flowing into um, Where's that? and that is Anaheim okay no kidding okay yeah. Anaheim and the then nodes of, of high commerce and some of the PACs same PACs are donating money in in those two sure. cities and uh, we're trying to uh, explain what's you know that this is not just happening in one city this is happening in um, throughout the uh, throughout the country, at the city level, when people hear about millions of dollars flowing in, they think about uh, statewide measures or even federal election. But sometimes it's happening at the local level, at the low uh, at the city level, and um, it's our own campaign finance arms race. <laughs> yes, and then it could, and we'll, imp- and we'll break it down here too. And. Um, in Irvine, I said $1.1 million in independent expenditures outside spending. The total amount of money that 16 candidates have spent um, uh, for, the, for their own campaigns. Here's the drum roll. I wish I had it now. On October, 20, October 22nd is about $480,000. So <laughs> that's more than half of what these outside uh, PACs are spending. So, <laughs> so, and you, in your article, you mentioned, for instance, uh, Candidates opposing the ones that are getting the big checks. The big, the big checks could be, um, you said four packs have spent, four. Well, yeah, you just gave me four hundred eight thousand dollars. Oh, that's actually the total amount of money that uh, the candidates spent on their own on, that they raised on their, in own. their own. Yes. Right. So, but uh, they are. So, but one one single check cut out of from the California Homeowners Association going to and p- folks, you can look at your flyers. I, I mean, they're going to the the, the Wagner Quo. And uh, Shea Slate, they're like one hundred thousand dollars is one outlay for them, which is more money than the opponents of theirs is getting for their whole campaign. Yes. So it's just it's so I'm not I know I know that there are all kinds of sliding scale kind of uh, improprieties that any my, any one candidate might lodge a, about discrediting their other but if you have a hundred thousand dollars just for one check alone that's a lot of discrediting money that's what i'm saying and it really imbalances it so and it gives one candidate the advantage of repeating their discrediting which i'm saying that is it's questionable the claims that they're making that a repetition of that questionable claim plants the idea in a voter's mind that well maybe maybe it's that other person doesn't have a chance to respond to that really very much. Maybe there's something to it. And that is where money doesn't talk, I always say. Money yells. You know, um, I hear, uh, I heard from an expert saying that these independent spending can backfire on candidates sometimes. Um, Let's say in this case, uh, in Irvine case, uh, California Homeowners Associations have spent a lot of money supporting um, 
like you said, I think it was uh, Don Wagner and uh, Christina Shea and Anthony Kuo, and they spent money opposing Marianne Guido. Right. And uh, so they're spending a lot of money. They're producing a lot of pieces uh, attacking Guido, but ex- an expert, you know, told me that sometimes that backfires and said, "Oh, you know what? It's just so it's this campaign's getting so nasty. You know, maybe I should vote for Marianne because you know there must be reason." that she's getting some attacks and so that could happen and i think uh i think it was uh don that uh agreed with me on that and uh, he said you know well he told me that um he doesn't like this outside outside spending uh i don't know talk talk is inexpensive yeah and uh, he you know i'm just quoting what he said he said i'm just summarizing what he said but uh, he doesn't like this outside spending because he can control. He cannot control the message, and he's not supposed to coordinate with these packs. So oh, and it's, then, it's like when I read that though, I thought of Claude Rains in Casablanca, and he says, "I'm shocked, shocked to hear there's gambling in this house." I'm, I'm, you know, he's saying this. This is Claude Rains and Irvine politics. I, I object to the, the that, but no. You know, that's, you know, I'd like, you know, hopefully people read my stories, uh, not just uh, the one that's out there now, but um, the one that comes out this weekend and, you know, decide, um, you know, what they uh, feel is um, right thing to uh, right thing to do. Well, you know, I'm going to, Tamoya, I'd like to know when you go to the cover the city council meetings, Mm -hmm. do you do seating charts to see who's sitting with whom? Seating charts? Are you talking about? Inside the... Just the audience. The, the audience, sir. Do you ever do see who's sitting with whom? Because um, sometimes that can, yeah, I do pay attention. Yes. You do. Okay. So. But not. I mean, I haven't in, in past cities that I covered. You know, I. You, you know. It's I, an instructive I, thing. It does. You know, you can see the connections, and you know, it it really helps me understand what's going on, you know, the power structure in the city, and it does. And I do pay attention too. Uh, if it were a casino, that arena, I could sort of like put. You could lock on there and you could say, here's where who's going to write the next check. Right? Yeah. Sort uh, of. Yeah. Yes. Of bra- bra- laser bracketing them. Because, I mean, it's, it, I don't think it's that hard to see it. But it, it not only requires for people to do the due diligence that you are with trying to trace pack to pack to pack, but also for people to come all the way down, sorry about the squeak, to the city council chamber and hear and see, take in an entire one session of the council yeah. it tells you about 85 percent of what you need to know yeah no that is true so yeah that, the seating chart i'll ask I, I i've got lots of plants coming up on ask a leader after the election so i don't know when we're going to get to distill some of this but maybe i can get some time with kimberly martin's show uh, we can follow up with what happened there because there, there will be more filings and that kind of a thing so i guess that you know Anaheim is like Irvine, and the stakes are really high because of the commercial development. The Platinum Triangle is in Anaheim, mm-hmm. and we've got our Spectrum and, and the whole that whole industrial complex there, and with along with the Irvine Business Center. So uh, I can see why home, the California Homeowners Association. There's irony there because it's it's homeowners and the businesses there that um, they're they're watching those two big and and yeah. there's going to be a redistricting in Anaheim. I think it's this cycle now, so that each candidate has to be a part of a district they're not at large mm-hmm. anymore this is for the first time so they have to get their relationships really established well for those of you who are uh, joining us at this portion of real people of orange county i'm claudia shamba filling in for kimberly martin and we have on tomoya shimura i hope i got those that emphasis right there oh uh, yes and he is a staff writer at the orange county register with experience in other newspapers, so he's he knows how to cover these things, and we're going to make sure he gets keeps get, gets really lots of institutional knowledge under his belt to to uh, keep the bright lights on the goings on in in our city. So, uh, and we, you can follow us. At the Kimberly Martin has her own website, realpeopleoforangecounty.com, I'm pretty sure, or you can, it. It automatically goes over from if you go to KUCI.org in our archives and you can pull up her podcast from previous broadcasts and you can follow us on Twitter KUC, at KUCIFM, Instagram at KUCIFM and Tumblr and yada yada Facebook. So what other observations in the time we have remaining do you have for our listeners? 
Uh, you want to talk about Irvine? Yeah, I, I think we should. Unless you want, because this is real people of Orange County. It's forgiving. I was just interested in making sure that we gave Irvine its due. And uh, for people who don't know, um, Irvine Meadows Amphitheater is going to uh, have... Oh, yeah, that's an important, said, that's yeah. important politics. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I Irvine Meadows... Um, I think has I think it has, it has closed. I think the last show was on uh, on Sunday when Gwen Stefani uh, performed. A and native, an OC native. She yes. was on Radio KUCI before she became popular. We can't play oh, her anymore. Wow. She's B play now, but she she had her launching right around here. So, so she closed them out. So uh, Irvine Company decided not to renew the lease, and then because they wanted to build a uh, sec- the second phase ding, of the Los ding. Olivos apartment complex, I think there would be more than seventeen hundred. I think it was close to nineteen hundred uh, unit, huge apartment complex there. They're going to demolish the parking lot, and then um, they're going to create the second um, complex. And so Orange County is going to lose lose the uh, largest. Music venue and now outdoor five, music venue. Yes, um, Live Nation, the promoter of Irvine Meadows, partnered with a Five Point uh, developer that's developing uh, that's developing part of the uh, Orange County uh, Great Park and also homes around the park. And uh, they decided to create, build an interim amphitheater while the city discusses, you know, whether they're going to build a permanent amphitheater at on the Great Park. So that's uh, some people, you know, think that's a gr- that's great news. Uh, cities a little bit worried. Um, city officials are worried about traffic impact and the uh, noise and uh, those things. Um, I think the city council will bring that up uh, when they dis- uh, when when they discuss whether to uh, whether or not to give out a give out permit for this project. So that brings to mind your article that you published last week about the Great Park. And that, as I mentioned it before, it's uh, sort of the early, um, it's the elephant in the room. That the, uh, what I want to finish up what we were covering here is that, interestingly, now, and it was Christina Shea's pet project, was the 18-hole golf course. Mm-hmm. Now there's leadership uh, remorse. They've realized that that would take up too much real estate within the park, mm-hmm. and it would be, also, the irony is that, that all, it was discussed in 2013 yes. that we don't really need another golf course. And I remember Larry Agron a- facetiously or earnestly said, we can give uh, green fees away to uh, the seniors that don't you know, have the, en- enough coming in them. So, so that was a concern, you know, um, that mm-hmm. now they're, they're rethinking that. There was a lot of money put in there, and so it's not... That a five point is going to be, they're the ones that have control over what is going to go in the ground. And so there is no change in the golf course unless five point community says it's okay. Yes, so that there's was an a big, agreement. Yes. That, turning the keys of that car over to five point has its consequences. Well, um, it was an agreement made between the city and the and five point. So five point would have to agree on, you know, uh, right. any changes. So Okay, well, I... Tomoya, it's been a real pleasure having you on Real People of Orange County today, and I'm so looking forward. Uh, you know, we get together again later and talk about what's happening in the, with the outcomes of the election. And thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much. So we're, we're going to wrap up here with announcement about the early voting. There are the six centers going on, and they are at the Irvine City Center, Anaheim Civic Center, Westminster Branch Library, Costa Mesa. Community Center, Mission Viejo, City Hall, and Orange County Registrar Voters in Santa Ana. You can go to the web with www.ocvote.com forward slash vote center. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening, everybody. Kimberly will be back next week. Thank you for listening. (laughs) 